Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Okay, good morning, everyone. I've got my, I've already started my time, so you have to stop talking because I'm a good talker and so I have to time myself. I've been given strict instructions about how much time I've got. Um, So I'm Di Walton and my husband Dave, who plays the Kahan, and uh, we have been coming here since July and um, we have four adult children ranging from 24 to 34, seven grandchildren. Two of them have just been born in the last three months, so that's been really exciting. Now, as Andrew said, we're doing our Christmas series, and today I'm doing, um, I'm looking at Christmas through Mary's eyes. And it got me thinking about um, engagement stories, because as you know, Mary and Joseph were betrothed, and you've already given your engagement story. Um, let's see which is the funniest. So, um, so Dave and I got engaged really young. We were only like 19 years old. And uh, we thought we were pretty mature. So when we went off, they used to have this thing called premarital counselling. And um, so you had to do like a thousand questions. You had to fill them out separately. And, and then they would put all this information, probably not into a computer, I don't even know if there were computers then, but someone looked at all this information and, um, and came up with, you know, sort of a result. So, you know, we had to go back a few weeks later and we were, we were super confident, like we were mature, we were meant for each other, we were so ready for marriage. And um, we got a bit of a surprise when the, the pastor, it was a pastor, he told us that... Um, we were too much alike to be getting married. And I thought, this is a really odd thing to say. How can you be too much alike? And then the real, the worst thing that he said was, in about seven years' time, when you want to get a divorce, what's going to hold you together? And we were like, seriously, we're so in love. Um, you, know, you know, this is never going to be a problem. But as it turns out, we've discovered that when you are that much alike, the problem is that we both thought we were always right. That was probably the way we were the most alike. And you can imagine this led to many, many, many arguments. Um, but I am pleased to say that, that that pastor was wrong and we have been married for 35 years. So I think we proved to him that you can be alike and be happily married. Anyway, so let's get on to Mary, seeing it's not actually about me. So, the verses should come up in a second. So, we're going to be... This is really hard when you're holding a a microphone. So, we're going to be looking at the the story in the Bible in Luke. It should come up. When when Mary found out she was pregnant. So, if you want to read along, it's if you've got your Bible. Otherwise, it'll come up there. It's Luke 1, 26, and we're going through to 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary 
And, ha and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she saw him, she, no, but when she saw him, she was greatly troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, understandably, how can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, I'm a virgin. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible." Then Mary said, I love this, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, so I don't want to lose my place. So how did Mary feel and react? How would we have felt and reacted if the same thing had happened to us? So at first, Mary was troubled and frightened, and we know that because it says she was troubled, and then the angel says to her, do not be afraid. Mary would not have been expecting an angelic visit, just like as if now an angel came into our presence, I know that I would probably faint, and I'm sure that many of you would be shocked and maybe just a little troubled by seeing this angelic appearance. So understandably, Mary was very confused about this. She was engaged to Joseph. This was not on her radar. So she hadn't expected an angelic visit. She would have been, because she was betrothed, to Joseph, she would have been getting ready for her wedding and she would have been living with her family. So, but sometimes God does this amazing thing and he breaks in to our ordinary lives and speaks into our hearts in the most beautiful way. And sometimes that can come as a bit of a shock to us. So secondly, Mary doubted. And that's completely understandable, isn't it? When we think of the challenges that there was... And we know that she, she doubted because she asked the question, how can this be? So obviously the major challenge was that she was a virgin. So according to biology, there was no way she could fall pregnant. Secondly, she was a woman. Now in that culture, um, to be a woman, you were seen as inferior to a man. So things have changed a lot through the centuries, which is wonderful. But back then, they would never have chosen a woman to do such an important thing as bring the Saviour into the world. And also, she didn't come from any nobility. So she wasn't a king's daughter. She didn't have any power or any money. 
Although she doesn't immediately understand or comprehend what the angel is saying, I love the way Mary doesn't immediately dismiss what the angel said. I think some of us just would have gone, I'm out of here, I'm leaving this place because there's no way this can happen. But she actually considers it. And I love the way she asks the question. And I thought that's really encouraging for us because we have doubts too, don't we, when God tells us something and we think, how can that be? How is this possible? And you know what? I think we've been taught in some areas not to ask the questions, but God's absolutely okay with us asking the questions. It's more about the attitude that we come to him with. You know, if we come with an attitude of arrogance, that we really don't want to know the truth, then I think that's a different thing. And you may have come across people like that. But when we come with a humble attitude, wanting to know the truth at any cost, then God's not going to hide it from us. Christianity is not a blind faith, regardless of what people say, it is definitely. I've asked God plenty of questions, believe me. Finally, Mary submits to God. And not only does she submit humbly, I'll go back to my verse, but it's really hard to do. Um, but later on, after Mary had met with Elizabeth, she, she is so excited about being pregnant that she's not just submitting, but she's doing it with real excitement. So she really has been on a journey of discovery. And there's a, there's a thing in the Bible called the Song of Mary. I'll just read the beginning. My soul magnifies the Lord. So this isn't someone that's stepping into this with fear. She's excited. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. Hopefully one day we can say that about something God has called us to do. She definitely went through a process. She didn't immediately say yes. She, she went through the fear. She went through the doubt. She asked the questions. But eventually a decision had to be made and she said yes, which I'm really grateful about because... You know, that may have become a problem if she had said no. And she would have missed out on the most exciting thing in the world to carry and deliver the saviour of the world. Sometimes our yes comes at a cost. I know for me it's come at a cost. For Mary it definitely came at a cost. In the time that she lived, she could have been stoned to death for being pregnant outside of wedlock. Joseph would have had every right to have left her. Her family could have ostracised her. Um, she could have been put out of the city gates because, of, because people wouldn't have understood. And then as time went on, there were other things that Mary, that the cost that Mary would pay, like having to travel to Bethlehem um, we don't know a huge amount about the birth, but she wasn't in her own home, we know that. And having to watch her son, her beautiful son, I can't even say it, die on a cross, because I cannot even imagine my own son, but this was the son of God, God wrapped in human flesh. He wasn't just any child, he was God. So she paid the biggest 
the biggest cost anyone could ever pay. From Mary, we can learn that God doesn't care about your status. He doesn't care about how much money you make or how poor you are, how rich you are. These are the things that don't matter to God and they are not obstacles to God. What matters to God is your heart. It's having a humble, willing, joyful heart and saying yes to him no matter the cost. Now, I've been on a bit of a journey myself and I've said yes to God a number of times over different things and each of them did have a cost. Um, I came from a non-Christian home and I used to attend, um, I went to a public high school and you had to go to religious education lessons. You actually didn't have a choice. And that was the first time I said yes to God. I, I heard this message about um, God and about his son, all these things that I don't recall ever hearing before. And to me, to be honest, it sounded a little crazy because I'd never heard this stuff before. But when God said to me on that day, will you trust me? I said, yes, and I'm so glad I did. But as my journey went on, and this sometimes happens as you journey with God, we get to a point where the things of this world start to, play, start to take first place in our lives instead of him. And I, I, I liken it to having a backpack. So Jesus was still my saviour, but he was sort of like a backpack where I'd take him with me wherever I went, but if I didn't need him, then I'd just, I'd just leave him at the door or hang him up as I entered the house or wherever I went. And then at other times I really needed him, so I, that backpack was strapped on and I'd rummage through that backpack, backpack looking for things. And about six years ago... Um, I had to resign from teaching. I was a primary school teacher because of health reasons and, and God showed me that I had put my, my career on the throne of my life as well as other things. So that's who was sitting on the throne and, and Jesus was in the backpack. And God challenged me one day and he said, Di, what's, what's on the, who's on the throne of your life? And because I was quite devastated at having to resign from teaching. And on that day, I realised that I had put other things on there. And he said to me, will you put me on the throne of your life again? And I'm so glad I said yes. And I was frightened on that day. I, was, I had a bit of doubt. What's this going to mean? What is God going to expect of me? What is this going to cost? Because on that day, I literally said, God, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do with me. Whatever that means, I even said, if you want to send me to a really poor country, like I was really laying it on the line, um, but he actually did something else, <laughs> which I, frightened me even more. And then about six months after that, he spoke to me again and he said, Di, I want you to go to ministry college. Seriously, I was 51 years old. I didn't want to study again. I'd already done my teaching degree. And I thought, this is crazy. That's seriously what I thought. This is crazy. Why would you want me at this age to go to ministry college? And I had all my doubts and I asked him all my questions. I didn't just accept it straight off. But I am so glad that I said yes, that those obstacles that I saw as obstacles, my age, lack of ability, 
and embarrassing myself, you know, if, what if I failed? Um, and I have been on the most amazing journey these last five years because I said yes. And if I'd let fear and doubt get in my way, then I would have missed out on the best experience of my life. I tell you, no obstacle is too big for God. As the angel said to Mary, all things are possible with God. Mary had an intimate relationship with him. That's why she was able to say yes to the things that God was asking of her. Today, God chooses us, each one of us here, to participate in his purposes for this planet. His purpose is to save every person on this planet. He calls each one of us to carry Jesus in us, so we won't be pregnant with Jesus like Mary, but we will carry Jesus and we will deliver him to the world. You might say, I haven't heard God say that to me, actually, and an angel certainly hasn't come to me. The amazing thing is, is that when you open up your Bible, and if you haven't been, you should be, because these are God's words. You know, we say God doesn't speak to me. This is full of his word. You want to hear what he's saying to you? You open up the Bible and start reading it. And I understand if you don't think God's talking to you, if you're not reading his word. There are other ways, of course, that he speaks to us, but that is such a major way. And I know that he's t calling all of us to carry Jesus because in Galatians 4.19, he says that we are to have Christ formed in us. In John 15.12, he tells us that we are to love everybody. Hello, some people are really unlovable. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's like, no, I don't want to love that person. They're horrible. So there is no way you are going to be able to fulfill that call unless you have Jesus living inside of you. Mark 16, 15 tells us to go into the whole world and make disciples of everyone. I tell you, we're not even going to want to do that unless we have Jesus formed in us. It's not even going to be on our radar. We're too busy doing what we're doing to be bothered with that. And then Ephesians 1.13, it is through the Holy Spirit that we are empowered. So when you give your heart to Jesus, it is through his power that you have a desire to do these things and can be filled with his spirit. You might also say, I am filled with so much doubt that there is no way I can do this. But you are not alone. Mary doubted. She gave birth to the saviour of the world. Moses doubted. And he freed the Israelites and even took them across the Red Sea. When Abraham received word from God that his wife Sarah was going to be pregnant, Sarah doubted so much she actually laughed. And then she gave birth to Isaac. And Thomas doubted that Jesus had risen and said, unless I see those piercings, feel them, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus came to him. I think that's so beautiful. That's exactly what Thomas needed. Firstly, God calls us, the first thing, the first calling, he calls us into an intimate relationship with him. That's our first yes. And I tell you, that's the best yes you'll ever make. And you may have doubts. You may be scared. And that's okay. It's okay. I was scared and I was a little doubtful. 
when I first gave my heart to Jesus. Seriously, I felt like I was walking off a cliff because it just sounded all so crazy to me because I hadn't been brought up in that culture. He then calls us to lay our lives down. And that, that sounds costly, doesn't it? Lay down your plans. Lay down the things that you think you're meant to be doing in this life. But I tell you, you will find no peace and fulfilment on this planet unless you are fulfilling God's will for you. And there may be a cost. It may cost you some stuff. But I tell you, because I'm on the other side of that now, it is worth everything, everything that it will cost you. I have learnt so much from Mary's story. And seriously, I'd never really given her that much thought in the past. And I think the greatest thing I've learnt from Mary is that just as God called her to, to be pregnant with Jesus and deliver him into the world, God calls every single one of us to do the same. And it may look different to each of you. There's no one way fits everybody. It is, however, your decision. God is a gentleman. He will give you the information. He will tell you the calling. But at the end of the day, you've got to deal with your doubts, ask the questions, and it is completely up to you whether you say yes or not. You know, you can think about and dwell on these things for years. And God may be calling, well, firstly, he may be calling people to come to Jesus for the first time today. First time ever. And that's exciting. I say take that step. It's the best thing you will ever do. For some of you, God may be saying something to you about something that you need to lay down. And you know you need to lay it down because he's been telling you. Or something that you need to take up. And you may have doubt and fear. And that's okay. That's okay. You can trust him. I'm telling you now, you can trust him. He loves you. All of this, by the way, is about love. He pursues us with this most beautiful, intimate relationship that I can't even begin to describe. And the moment, six years ago, when I said yes to Jesus, yes, I put you back on the throne of my life, everything changed for me. Everything changed the way I see him changed, the way I see myself changed, and then the way you all benefited from it. Everyone benefited because I became a nicer person. I started, seriously, I started forgiving my family, things that I could never let go of, bitterness. I started laying things down that I couldn't, couldn't have laid down before that. So, we're at the end. And I'm run out of time. Um, so I just want to end with this. Wherever you are, whatever God is saying to you, maybe you're one of those people who's been a Christian a long time, but you know Jesus is not on the throne of your life anymore. He's your saviour, but he's not your Lord. You know you're pulling the strings, you're making the decisions, but I'm telling you, you won't have any peace and fulfilment when you live like that. So how about we all stand and I'll end with a prayer. I actually want you all, if you're comfortable with this, to put your hands out. This is, I do this just as a way of I'm letting, I'm submitting myself to God. 
I'm saying I'm hum- being humble because this is what's required, guys. It's a humble, willing heart. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking into each of our lives. And I pray now, Father, for every person here. I pray for those people that haven't given you um, their lives, who haven't seen that they need to take you as their Lord and Saviour. And so I ask, Father, that you will touch their hearts and that even with their doubts and fears, they can step off that cliff knowing that you are there to catch them. So for those who want to give their heart to Jesus for the first time, you can pray along with this prayer. Father, I am sorry for my sin. I am sorry. Um, And I pray, Father, that you would forgive me of my sin. I accept the, the gift of Jesus' salvation. I accept the new life that I take this minute. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and fill me And I lay my life down for you, in Jesus' name. And for those of you who have got, you know, you know Jesus hasn't been sitting on the throne of your life, or you know um, that there are things that you need to lay down, it's going to cost, or things that you need to pick up. I pray now, Father, that that they can place these things in their hands now and submit them to you with a willing heart. I thank you, Father, that you love us. You love us. That's what this is all about. It's not about you dominating us. It's about us willingly submitting to a God who knows us, who knows every part of us and loves us with our imperfections, that we come to you just as we are. Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. What a, what a, great, um, a great message. Why don't you um, just thank Di for her investment. You can, you can have a seat. You know, one of the things that I love about um, Di's testimony is that a lot of the change happened after she, she said it, so I can say her age, after she was 50. You've got to be careful when you talk about women's ages, don't you? You can smile, it's okay. Because I want to tell you that God is not done with you yet. No matter where you are, no matter what age you are, He is not done with you yet. And there is something that is powerful when we put Jesus first in our life. That's when we become truly free. So thank you for your passion for people and your love. And uh, yeah, let's pray together before we we have some food together. Why don't you bow your heads as we... Lord, we commit this day to you. We commit this season to you, God. This season where things are speeding up so that we can slow down for Christmas. Lord, those that are tired, those that are weary, those that are working so hard. Lord, we thank you for your peace and your rest over each and every one of us. Lord, we pray for uh, workplaces. We pray for businesses to thrive. Lord, we pray that you would send them all the resources. We pray for peace upon them. Lord, we pray for homes, that they would be places of peace, places of joy, places of life. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Amen. Just before you go, I want to let you know, uh, coming up, uh, there's a slide that's got our, um, Seth, it's got our Christmas plan on that. Just want to let you know what's coming up. So the next two weeks, uh, we are here and then we don't have any in-person services on the 25th. 27th or 3rd of January. On the 25th, Christmas Day, we'll be streaming an online service that will probably be about 20, 25 minutes. It's going to have a little kids feature there, a short message and some carols. So that will be available on our website. So I want to let you know about that. And then we're having a break over Christmas. Our teams work so hard, we bump in, bump out. And so we're going to have a little bit of a breather and be ready for 2021. So thank you for being here. Uh, the team is going to come around and serve you some food. And uh, why don't you hang around for a couple of minutes, say good day to somebody. Great to have you here. God bless. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.